I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. This is kind of a standalone episode. Well, not I, kind I of. like to call them mini-sodes. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the 2020 release from Pixar, the movie Soul. Soul, which we both saw separately within the last several days. Yeah. Uh, I think, or the last week or so anyways. Yeah. What did you think of Soul? What did you think of Soul? I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pleasant. You know, Pixar has an ability to put depth into a cartoon. And this movie had depth. I've heard from some friends uh, who had children that they didn't think it was a very good kids movie. I think their perspective is going to be fairly limited on that. I thought it wouldn't have worked well for kids. I get what they're saying, though. But I can. But at the same time, like it is very thoroughly adu- enjoyable for adults. Mm. Yeah. So I get what they're saying, though, because this is a Pixar movie about a middle-aged man who's single, not in any romantic relationships. Uh, his life and career has not gone the way he anticipated. So I can relate. <laughs> uh, and he dies early in the film. He walks into an open manhole. Yeah. And After getting the break he's dreamed of. His yeah. Entire. So he, he's, he's obsessed with jazz. He's a part-time middle school band teacher who just got the opportunity to go full-time. And later that same day, he gets a... An offer from a former student of his, who's now a drummer with a prestigious jazz singer, mm-hmm. and he gets an opportunity to come in and fill in on the piano. This could be his big break that he's been dreaming of his entire life. He's so happy that he's gotten this chance that he's not paying attention and accidentally dies. Yeah, And he finds himself on the stairway to heaven, which is one of several visual motifs that are reminiscent of the 1945 Hal Pressburger film, A Matter of Life and Death, also known as Stairway to Heaven. And once he realizes, you know, what's going to happen to him, that he's going into this great beyond, he freaks out, starts going backwards on the Stairway Stairway to to Heaven, heaven. and goes off the side and lands in the great before, which has shades of Mormon theology, but also of uh, the Hoover Boob Highway, uh, from Dr. Seuss. So these are preborn spirits, which are given their personalities. And there's a few kind of funny jokes. It's like, we're, we're making way too many narcissists. Why do we make so many of these narcissists? Yeah. And he is trying to figure out a way to get back to his body. And at first, the the beans, the jerrys, that uh, endow these souls with, with at least some of their personality traits. They're kind of uh, mentors to them. Yeah. Yeah. And they're done in a really interesting mid, like like Pablo Picasso-esque kind of art sense to them. But they mistake our lead character. Joe, played by, or voiced by Jamie Foxx. They mistake him for a Nobel Prize winning child psychologist and decide to give him, as a mentor subject, a very difficult soul who's been there forever. whose credited character name is 22. Soul number 22, voiced by the great Tina Fey. Yep. Uh, She's been around since basically the beginning of time, coming up with excuses about why she does not want to go to Earth. It's dumb. She made Mother Teresa cry. She frustrated uh, Socrates and Abraham Lincoln. And she just does not want to move on. And so Joe thinks that he can use her to find because she's got to find a passion yeah and that he can use that to basically steal her earth pass and go back to his own body 
and they end up at another plane of existence where people go when they're really in the groove with their musical instruments. They're kind of half the real world and half in this other world. And then they meet these hippies that are trying to help souls that have gotten in the doldrums. And the captain of that ship is Moonwind, voiced by Graham Norton. Graham Norton. I thought that was great casting. Yeah, I mean, he's he's great in it. And I kind of thought going in that most of this was going to be in the supernatural realms, but they, they end up back on Earth, but in the wrong bodies. Yep. So Joe ends up in a cat, yep. and Soul 22 ends up in Joe, and they decide uh, they're able to get in contact with Moonwind, who says he can do a ceremony thing. To get, them, get back. them back in the right bodies. And they kind of go about trying to do two two uh, two birds with the same stone to both get Joe back in his proper body and get Soul 22 to a place where she feels like she does want to live. And that's kind of a summary of the movie. I, I don't know if we want to... Uh, we are a spoiler cast. I don't think we need to go any deeper into this than that. Uh, though I... Well, I don't know. I kind of want to talk a little bit about the Go end, but it. is there is there something else you want to talk about before we we talk about the end? No, I mean, I'll go over some some of the other voice actors and actresses in this in a minute. But outside of that, no, not really. I mean, I just thought this was thoroughly enjoyable. I really enjoyed watching it. It was easy to get lost and just get sucked into this world. I enjoyed Joe as the cat. That was great. No, yeah. no. So, I thought that. I, I like this movie, but I kind of anticipated that I would like it more and that it would feel a little bit uh, more complete and a little bit more rounded. I'll get into that in a moment. But I, I wasn't... I was going in expecting to be and wanting to be emotionally devastated, and I wasn't. This wasn't up on the level of a Wally or an Up for me. Hmm. Uh, though I thought it was really smart, and I get what it was was trying to do, and, and, and I did like it. I quite enjoyed it. The ending. So, long story short, 22 finds out that her passion is simply living. Yeah. That she has this moment where she's noticing leaves falling off the trees that set in New, New York. And I liked the New York setting. I think that yeah. really worked, the, the, the kineticness of it. New York in the fall. And she just kind of realizes that, you know, between the taste of food, just these simple things, the things that Joe calls incidental living, yeah, that that is what gives her her spark and makes her want to, to live. And then she has to deal with a depression, I'm not good enough kind of, kind of thing at the end that has shades of uh, inside out to it. Where was I going? Yeah, there's certainly some throwback images to inside out in this one. But anyway, Joe basically gets gets back into his body and it looks like he's achieved what he wanted to achieve and i thought that it was going because he has his night at the the jazz club that he's been living for and he tells the jazz singer at the end that he feels a little let down and i thought given that he was teaching 22 that he was going to realize that he shouldn't be a jazz singer he should go back take the full-time job teaching at the middle school, and that that was his special talent, was to teach people and get other people to find their spark. But that's not where they went with it, which surprised me, because I really thought that's what they were setting up. And in the end, Joe sacrifices his own life so that 22 can come to Earth, which means that after all the crazy things that had happened, that Joe dies of a heart attack? Or something happens and he's dead? And 
we've just seen him make nice with his mom and like reconcile there and it's like they're just gonna find him dead and like there's this kind of dark aspect to it that they they never really go into it but that's must be what happens yeah i you know i thought this did a good job of addressing a lot of the topics they addressed without like trying to espouse any specific religious view or anything like that or even theology in general at all just yeah it just was well executed it had a playful cosmic realm yeah which which i enjoyed i also enjoyed the uh the accountant terry going through the different realms yeah terry was voiced by rachel house i love uh what was the last man there's a lot of garcias yeah yeah, you have Alice Braga voices the counselor, Jerry. Oh, and then like there's Alice. also then, what's that? Oh, Alice Braga is pleasant. I yeah. like her. And counselor Jerry is also then voiced by Richard Ayoda. Huh? Uh, Felicia Rashad is Libba. Donnell Rawlings plays, or voices Des. You have Questlove, who voices Curly. And Angela Bassett is the voice of Dorothea, who is the jazz performer that Joe's Joe. trying to, yeah. you know, getting the shot to perform with. Yeah, just, you know, I mean, it's a there's a number of voice actors in this. But it's just, again, it's just very well executed. It's it's fun. It's not heavy. It's shorter than I thought it would be because it uh, lists as being like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. But when you play that on Disney+, Plus, like 12 to 15 minutes are just like the credits and the foreign language credits. Yeah. So it's really much closer to an hour and a half, which kind of messed with my perception because you occasionally look and it's like, well, how much more have they got to do? Because it seems like they're really near the end. They were really near the end. I just you know couldn't tell right away. Yeah. Uh, this was directed by Peter Doctor. Doctor. Do you know much about him? It's also co-directed by Kemp Powers. Do you know much about either one of these? No. Looks like Peter Doctor was a writer on Inside Out, Up, Monsters, Inc., and Wally. So it looks like he's kind of in-house for... Yeah, for Pixar. Let's see if he's got any other directorial credits. Uh, he was a direct, the director of Inside Out, the director of Up, director of Monsters, Inc., and his co-director, Kemp Powers, is known for One Night in Miami. As a writer... Um, writer on Star Trek Discovery. Let's get to his directorial credits. And just this. This is only directorial yeah. or co-directorial credit. Yeah. He's been a producer on a few other things, but yeah, I'm primarily a writer. Did you catch, uh, there's a little thing at the end of the credits where they talk about how this was made at such and such studio and at homes located a minimum of six feet apart. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Yeah, because this thing stretched into the uh, into COVID. pandemic for its finishing touches. Yeah. But yeah, it's a pleasant film. Um, one of the better films of the year. Yeah. Not that it's had a great deal of competition. I still have not seen the other Pixar uh, release for this year onward. Yeah. I'll have to give that a try. In you fact, would... I think that I may try this year to see all the Pixar films I've not seen. Yeah. Really? Yeah, might as That'll well. be fun. You will like this much better than Onward. Okay. Yeah. This had a budget of five point, you know, five point five million dollars, and it's listing thus far a worldwide gross of thirty two point five million dollars. I don't know where all that would that's, have been. That's that's crazy. Five point something. That's that's nothing. That's freaking chump change. Well, what what would have cost them a lot on this? I know. 
Yeah, but you, the Pixar films are usually such big money makers yeah. that you don't realize how inexpensive they are to make, especially now that most of the software, most of the technical things have been perfected and they're yeah. not having to put the bulk of their energies and money into that or into big name voice stars to bring in the audiences like most obviously the original Toy Story. I mean, you got Jamie Foxx, who's a, who's a git, uh, and Tina Fey. But everybody else is kind of of a considerably lower level of uh, box office draw. Yeah. And not that this film really had a box office because, again, COVID. But, you know, if you're only putting $50 million in, you can still make your money back on Disney Plus and a limited theatrical release. Yeah. $5.5 million is what it was. 5.5. Not 50. Name tags, you mentioned uh, some of 22's previous mentors. Mm-hmm. Some of the name tags that appear on her wall are Michael Jackson. Prince, Martin Luther King Jr., Steve Jobs, Aretha Franklin, George O'Malley from Grey's Anatomy, and the late Pixar director, Joe Ranft. Indeed. Pixar chose to portray the film's main character as a musician because they wanted him wanted a profession the audience could root for and settled for a musician after trying for a scientist, which didn't feel so naturally pure as a musician's life. Peter Doctor, Doctor described Soul as an exploration of where should your focus be what are the things that, at the end of the day, are really going to be the important things you look back on and go, I spent a worthy amount of my limited time on Earth worrying or focused on that? It's a pleasant film. It's, like I said, fun film. The topics are perhaps a little heavy, uh, is some of the limited criticism I've heard of this, but I thought it was handled very well. It's flashy kids, and shiny and kids will like it. Kids can you know, follow along, but if you're an adult watching this, there's enough depth to enjoy yeah, it. So. It works on multiple levels, I think. How would you rate this film? Oh, I'm going to give this film... I'm at the brink of three and three and a half. I'm, I'm probably going to three and a half it. I'm, I'm going to give it three on the four-star scale. Mm-hmm. This is a very solid three-star film. Easily go back and watch it you know, multiple times over the course of numerous years. On the ten-star scale, I'm probably, probably going to give it eight stars. Yeah, seven or eight. Yeah. Anything else to add on this one? That's all the... I'm, uh, I couldn't come up with a witty joke. I'm not good at jazzing. <laughs> nice reference. Nice. All right. Well, I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. Bloop. Edit that. Yeah. <laughs> I turned it back on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but on the same tone, if you uh, attempt to watch... Lawrence of Arabia on your phone, you should go to prison. <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah. Better say that so that I remember to edit it. <laughs> and probably edit out the things where I complain about my mom and my sister. Do they listen to the outtakes? Uh, probably. <laughs>